I'm not an alcoholic, but I believe in a higher power. What does that mean? Let's find out. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, back from a week of vacation and looking forward to sharing more goodies with you in the weeks to come. Whenever I hear the term higher power, I immediately think of Alcoholics Anonymous. This marvelous organization has for decades promulgated a 12-step program for recovery. Step two of their plan reads as follows. Come to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. An awareness of and a belief in a higher power, as it has come to be called, is critical in the recovery of alcoholics as they come to realize that there is something greater than alcohol in their lives. Becoming a leader servant is like an alcoholic beginning his or her recovery. And like the alcoholic trying to maintain sobriety, the leader servant's development is a lifelong process. The first step in the development of the leader servant is to acknowledge a higher power in his or her life. We can substitute the terms God, Lord, Allah, Krishna, Buddha, reason, or whatever else you want. The meaning is essentially the same. Leader servants believe in something bigger than themselves. Leaders do not have to be religious people to succeed. Some of the most famous leaders in history have never set foot in a church, synagogue, or mosque. But with few exceptions, the most revered leaders in history were also spiritual people who did believe in a higher power. Their lives can serve as examples of what a true leader-servant should embody. Central to their greatness was an absolute belief in God, often coupled with the commandment to repair the world. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is one shining example. He moved a nation from legalized segregation towards an integrated society. His words continue to inspire us today and provide a path towards racial equality in the United States and beyond. We are not there yet, to be sure, but without Dr. King, we would certainly be even farther behind in the journey towards full racial equality. However, Dr. King was also a minister. His speeches are really sermons. They echo and reference the social gospel, a theology of action based upon both the Hebrew prophets and the life of Jesus. To Dr. King, action was based upon faith. If one did not have faith, then good deeds had no spiritual grounding. My call to the ministry, Dr. King once wrote, was an inner urge calling me to serve humanity. The very essence of his life was wrapped up in being a leader servant. And as we learn from Jewish tradition, lo ha'ikar it is not the principle, but the doing. That is our guiding principle. That guided Dr. King, and it should guide us today. Doing God's work can be a humbling experience. Often it is a thankless job and comes without reward. A true leader servant cannot work for riches, although that might happen. He or she must derive satisfaction in other ways. Few clergy are wealthy. That's not our goal in life. The super wealthy clergy, such as many televangelists, are often held in suspicion or even contempt. From where do they get their money? Is it at the expense of the church or synagogue? Do they really need private jets and island hideaways? 
The truly effective clergy do not worry about money. They worry about elevating and saving souls. This makes them ideal candidates to become leader servants. They are constantly striving towards a higher power, a cause greater than themselves. Moses certainly did not lead the Israelites through the desert for the glory. If anything, he was constantly frustrated by the Israelites' disunity and contempt for God and for himself. Moses continually implored God to relieve him of this responsibility, but to no avail. The glory that eventually came to him was a result of later generations singing his praises. Moses led the Israelites in spite of their best efforts to stop him and to return to their earthly and earthen desires, to return to slavery in exchange for a regularly scheduled meal. Belief in a higher power grounds us in our daily lives. In the work world, a higher power enables us to lead. We can commune with our higher power to seek direction in our careers, to guide those who work with us to achieve their greatest potential. Working with truly spiritual people is of itself a spiritual experience. Belief in a higher power strengthens our homes as well. When a family shares a common belief in a higher power, the family becomes resilient and unshakable. No matter what befalls the family, it will thrive. The strength of the spirit and the cohesive bonds that unite its members is the foundation upon which the family succeeds. There is a unique moment in sports that testifies to the importance of a higher power. No, it is not the prayer before the game, nor is it the national anthem. In the National Hockey League, the Stanley Cup playoffs are a joy to behold. It is hockey at its finest. When a series concludes, however, there is a special ritual. Both teams line up on opposite sides of the ice and form two long lines. The teams then skate past each other so that every member of one team shakes the hand of every member of the other team. Not only is this impeccable sportsmanship, but it is also a realization that there is something greater than a trophy at stake. A higher power is present. When we create wealth, it's not just for ourselves. Often the creation of wealth leads to streams of income for our spouses and children, providing them a safety net should something happen to us. But the top wealth creators have shown us that the fastest way to earn money is to give it away. Some people call this tithing. Others use the terms charity, tzedakah, which in Hebrew actually means righteous behavior, or zakat, in Arabic, the tax for the poor. Call it what you will, the importance of acknowledging a higher power in wealth creation and the responsibility to distribute our money lovingly is characteristic of the true leader servants among us. The power of prayer and healing is also of utmost importance. While the scientific studies are certainly controversial, when a person knows that others are praying for his or her recovery, that patient often recovers at a faster rate than those for whom no prayers are offered. Communion with a higher power is an important part of healing and one which the medical community is beginning to embrace. Finally, it goes without saying that a higher power is essential for spiritual growth. The names and techniques may vary, but all religious traditions emphasize that there is something greater than ourselves. We grow spiritually when we encounter that higher power. Moses is a good example of how a person can commune with a higher power. 
Obviously, we will never be Moses, but his example sets the standard for the leader's servant even today. Moses received and transmitted God's greatest words, the Ten Commandments. God spoke these words to Moses and through him to the Israelites at the base of the mountain. These commandments set the legal and ethical standard for the Israelites and through our travels throughout the world have formed this basis for legal and moral codes everywhere. Primary among the Ten Commandments are the first words, I am Adonai your God. This is not technically a commandment, it is an opening statement. Yet it has the moral force of invoking God at the start. As such, it is a command to adhere to God's word, the rationale for the existence of the Jewish people. Without it, nothing that follows is of any importance. Moses' belief in God, his higher power, propelled him to lead the greatest religious revolution in history. Without him, there would be no rabbinic Judaism, no Christianity, no Islam. Moses was the original prophet, lawgiver, and teacher. He is the model of the leader's servant because he was the first to realize that belief in a higher power enables one to change the world and to leave it a far better place upon your departure. Moses was unique and can never be duplicated. While we in our own ways acknowledge a higher power, it is in effect a commentary on Moses. Yet our lives can be rich and inspirational if we follow the example of the leader servant Moses, who recognized and followed a higher power. That higher power enriched his life, the life of his people, and indeed all those who followed until the present day, including us. We can summarize this discussion with the following three principles. Take them to heart and recognize that along with being the greatest lawgiver in Judaism, Moses was our greatest leader servant. You can find these in the transcript on, on Buzzsprout or on our website. The true leader servant reckon, realizes that there is a power greater than him or herself. The true leader servant allows that higher power to propel him or her towards greatness. When we emulate great leaders, we tap into their conceptions of a higher power. When we realize that there is something greater in this world than ourselves, Great things will come from us, and great things will come to us. At Sinai, God demonstrated ultimate power, but Moses demonstrated ultimate leadership by acknowledging that power. He could have turned away and kept walking, but he didn't. Moses stopped and brought God's ten laws, fundamental to our existence on this planet, to Jews and to the world. That, my friends, is true leadership. This is the perfect time to announce that we have a new website, www.torforchristians.com, where you can access previous episodes, including transcripts, write a comment or ask a question, catch up on my Substack columns, Wednesday Torah and Bible stories I never taught you in religious school, or even book me as a speaker. Soon there will also be a membership opportunity, which will entitle you to a free ebook and members only Zoom talks when we can interact in real time. There's a lot on the horizon, so sign up for our mailing list and become a part of our community. I want to thank you for listening to Torah for Christians. If you enjoyed this podcast, tell your friends and spread the word. You are the reason for our success. 
And whether you identify as a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, or even as a skeptic, we are all in this world together. So please remember, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together as one. Till we meet again, I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians.